takes the tackler into the end zone. He catches it in stride and scores. This is This Week in the Mountain West. And he walks into the end zone. Touchdown, Mountain West Conference champions. Hi, this is Craig Thompson, Commissioner of the Mountain West, and you are listening to This Week in the Mountain West. On the Mountain West Radio Network. Hey there, it's the week three edition of This Week in the Mountain West, and I'm your host, Matt Neverett. Welcome into the show. Excited to take a look at the upcoming slate of action around the Mountain West Conference and to recap the entire week two schedule. Boise State play-by-play voice Bob Beeler joins to discuss the Broncos' first win of the year and gives us a look at the Broncos' upcoming matchup at home against UT Martin. Air Force head coach Troy Calhoun also stops by to talk about the early part of the season thus far as the Falcons have continued their winning streak and his thoughts on the duel against Wyoming on Friday night coming up in Week 3. But first, we'll take a look at the third edition of the Mountain West Players of the Week of the 2022 season. For the second time in his career, Air Force running back Brad Roberts claimed Offensive Player of the Week honors. Roberts turned in his best game with the Falcons last week, leading them to a 42-10 victory over Colorado thanks to his 174 yards and career-high four touchdowns on the ground in the win. Fake it. No, they gave it to Roberts, and he breaks it and goes in for the touchdown! Brad Roberts over the left side! And he just goes in virtually untouched. And the Falcons expand the lead. It's 19-0. Don't think this doesn't mean something to Brad Roberts. The 174 yards was the second most of his career. And eight of Roberts' 24 carries either amounted as a first down or a touchdown in the victory. Shea Suiaunoa of Wyoming was awarded as the conference's defensive player of the week after the sophomore linebacker recorded a career-best eight tackles, including a sack against Northern Colorado. Leading the charge in a 33-10 win, Suiao Noah also recorded a fourth-quarter interception and returned it to the three-yard line, setting up the final Cowboys touchdown of the game. Sermon to pass in his own end zone. He's hit as he throws, and he'll skip it. The ball knocked into the air. Cowboys say they have it an interception. For the season, Suiao Noah is second on the Cowboy team in tackles with 21 and is tied for the team lead in solo tackles with 15 all by himself. He has three tackles for a loss on the year, including a pair of sacks, the big interception last week, and a very important pass breakup in the Cowboys' win against Tulsa. For the third time in his career and the second time in as many weeks, John Hoyland from Wyoming garnered special teams player of the week laurels by connecting on all four of his career-high field goal attempts in the Cowboys' win at home, while also punching home three extra points as well. Hoyland scored 15 of Wyoming's 33 points against Northern Colorado, and his trio of player of the week awards over his career is second among all active Mountain West players. Hoyland is also currently ranked number one in the nation in field goals made, averaging three and a third per game. He's also ranked sixth in the nation in scoring, averaging 12.3 points per game. He's made 10 of 11 field goals that he's attempted this year, including a career-long 55-yarder earlier in the season. And he's also a perfect 7 of 7 on point-after-touchdown attempts on the season thus far. And the Mountain West Freshman of the Week was given to New Mexico's Christian Washington, although the true freshman could have qualified for the special teams honors as well. The San Diego native playing at Albuquerque returned two kickoffs for a combined 131 yards, including a field-flipping 100-yard touchdown return, the 26th such return in conference history, and the ninth in the history of the New Mexico program. Washington became the third Lobo to win Freshman of the Week award honors over the last two seasons, and his was the first 100-yard kickoff return for a touchdown for the Lobos since November 11th of 2017 when Elijah Lilly did it against Texas A&M. That was also the last kickoff return for a touchdown of any kind for New Mexico. 
All right, let's get into it. Taking a look at the week two recaps from around the Mountain West Conference. The first conference matchup of the 2022 campaign also kicked off the week two slate from Albuquerque, New Mexico. After dropping their week one matchup to Oregon State, Boise State took on New Mexico in their second straight road game to start the year. A motivated Hank Bachmeyer responded to being benched in the Boise opener by firing three touchdown passes, including the opening score of the game to sophomore wideout Latrell Caples. Empty set. Smith, Cobbs, and Caples to the right. Bowens and Halani to the left. Now Caples in motion. He'll go to the left. Four-man line for New Mexico. First down at the 18. Bachmeyer gets the snap for Rush. Bachmeyer steps up in the pocket, throws it to Caples, made the catch, the 10, and sprints into the end zone for the touchdown. An 18-yard pass from Bachmeyer to Caples, and Boise State scores first, leads by the score of 6 to nothing with 7 seconds played in quarter number 2. Bob Beeler on Learfield with the call. Bachmeyer hooked up with Caples twice for touchdowns in the game, and a balanced attack overall for the Broncos included 148 total yards on the ground and a blocked punt returned for a touchdown in a 31-14 Broncos victory. In a front-range battle in Laramie, Wyoming down northern Colorado 33-10 to move to 2-1 on the young season. The Cowboys rushed for 149 yards as a team and scored in every quarter, including three rushing touchdowns from junior tailback Titus Swen. Here's Reese Monaco on Learfield calling the first of the trio. Peasley will work from under center. He'll turn to hand to Swen. Big hole left side. Swen at the 10. Swen stumbles at the 5. Swen is in. That's a Cowboy touchdown. The Cowboys held Northern Colorado to 147 yards of total offense and just 15 yards rushing, while also forcing three turnovers and keeping the Bears to just nine first downs in the matchup. As mentioned earlier, the dominating win also garnered the conference's Defensive Player of the Week award for linebacker Shea Suiaunoa and the special teams honors for kicker John Hoyland. In their second attempt at their first win at the brand new Snapdragon Stadium, the San Diego State Aztecs left no doubt over the result in a 38-7 drubbing of Iowa State in Week 2 action. Preseason Special Teams Player of the Year Jordan Bird certainly made a case for the award in the win, running a punt back for a touchdown and adding a 53-yard scoring rush as well. Bird finished the game with 169 yards of total offense. Here's Ted Leitner on San Diego Sports 760 with the call of the 66-yard punt return for a score. No rush for the Aztecs, trying to get back on the return. Jordan drifting over, over, with a catch of the 35. First guy missed. He goes 40. He goes 45. He breaks through the secondary. He's so fast, you'll never get him. 20, 10, touchdown, Aztecs. The Air Force Falcons used nine different rushers to the tune of 435 yards and five rushing scores in a dominating win over Colorado by a 41-10 score at the Academy. Senior tailback Brad Roberts led the charge with 174 yards on 24 carries and three scores en route to the conference's Offensive Player of the Week award. Roberts became only the 11th player in program history to amass 2,000 career rush yards, and the Week 2 win was the 11th time that he's recorded 100-plus yards on the ground in just 19 career games with Air Force. Check out Jim Arthur on the Air Force Sports Network from Learfield with the highlight of Roberts' finale of the game, a 46-yard scoring rush in the fourth quarter. Roberts at fullback. Gets it on first down, breaks a tackle at the 40, 35, 30, middle of the field, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown! Air Force, Brad Roberts, his third touchdown of the afternoon. 
Air Force won their sixth straight game dating back to last year, while also scoring 30 points for the sixth straight game as well. The Falcons are 2-0 for a second straight year and put their streak on the line in Wyoming to open conference play Friday night of Week 3. The matchup is an intriguing one, with Air Force entering as the top-ranked offense and defense in the Mountain West so far, while also sporting the nation's top-rushing offense and fifth offense overall. Meanwhile, the Cowboys have scored the third-most points in the Mountain West thus far, while also garnering multiple Players of the Week award in a dominant game against Northern Colorado, ending a two-week stretch of good play heading into a rivalry matchup. And we're joined now by Air Force head coach Troy Calhoun. And coach, you told my colleague Nate Kreckman at Media Day that your team was a wait-and-see proposition due to you guys recovering from a lack of availability for spring ball. Two games in, your offense rushing for over 500 yards a game and your defense allowing a mere 13.5 points per game. So now that you've seen it, what's your evaluation of this 2022 Air Force team so far? Well, Matt, I, I, again, you know, we're just, it's going to take some time. I mean, we got some moving parts, um, you know, and they're just, we'll make some new discoveries as we go along here, I think, especially during these first four or five games. And hopefully what it does, uh, you know, we'll learn, we'll get better, and uh, and then we can play some competitive football later in the season. Yet uh, we work really hard. Uh, we've had good effort, and we will have good effort. Uh, certainly we have a really, really difficult schedule as we move forward, yet uh, that's part of being at the Air Force Academy, too. And what's your approach to preparing your guys to go out and play in soaking wet conditions like you dealt with last Saturday in the win against Colorado? Well, I don't know if there really is a way you can do that living in Colorado just because there aren't that many days where uh, you get drops that fall out of the sky. Uh, we do try to soak footballs, uh, try to find the oldest, most bloated, fattest, baldest balls we can and um, uh, make them slick and uh, and yet even then we still have some work to do when there's a miscue like a fumble at the goal line when you're going for points like you experienced last week those are the kinds of turnovers that can really be demoralizing or crowd deflating how do you coach your guys to put it behind them and move on to the next play well I think one um, if you have no ego you realize mistakes happen uh, the other part is uh, that's why you have teammates, and uh, no, nobody's perfect. And, you know, try to learn from what occurred and uh, carry it, you know, and, you know, a little bit better. And how do you do that is I think you practice just in terms of the technique and, uh, and good, solid fundamentals. And, and, and the only thing you can do is go to the next play. I mean, regardless of what just happened, um, try to digest, make it a, a learning experience, and move forward. Does it mean anything extra to you or the Colorado-based kids on your roster, like Conference Offensive Player of the Week, Brad Roberts, who had a career game when your team beats a school like the University of Colorado in an in-state matchup? Well, it's that game's long gone. You know, I mean, I think you know, you you, you kind of look at look at the film and um, you know build on the things that you did well and want to correct some, you know, make some corrections from the mistakes. And I, I, I right now, no. Uh, does it maybe in 10 years or 20 years when these guys have a reunion and hopefully they invite Coach Calhoun, then, you know, yeah, then maybe it does. Yes, sir. And lastly, just t touching on Saturday and the feelings that you had after, you've now won 113 games as the head coach at the Air Force Academy in 186 games that you've coached their total. What goes through your mind when you stand with your players and the cadets for the playing of the third verse after a game? I, I, you know, just inevitably what, what hits the most uh, in your heart, uh, you think of, you know, obviously you, 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 it's a verse that honors those who serve uh, 
in our armed forces and specifically for our Air Force. And I, I think especially of those that have made the ultimate sacrifice and and for those that are deployed, you know, that are away from their families. And uh, that's kind of one of the neat things in terms of the context or perspective that's provided by playing that for the, the, uh, the third verse at the conclusion of a game. And obviously a different student section at the academy than at most other colleges in the country. What does it mean to you and your players when the cadet wing is there for you for the entire 60 minutes being loud and cheering you guys on to victory like you had against Colorado? Oh, they're marvelous, uh, to say the least. <laughs> Truly, it's one of the neat things about being able to look across there. and They're all in their uniforms, and they have plenty of spirit, which we'd want in any future officer. Uh, and, and yet, more than anything else, I think it just puts in clear view uh, why you're really at the academy, and that is to help young men and young women um, become future leaders and, and good officers for our country. You guys had to Laramie on Friday night to play Wyoming to kick off week three. What do you have to do to get your team prepared to play a Craig Bull coach team year in and year out? Well, they, I mean, they're good. They're really, really good. Uh, I think especially when they play at home, uh, they've had excellent players. They have darn good players again this year. And, uh, and they've really done a fine job of being able to add to the roster uh, via the transfer route too. And so, uh, this is always a very difficult matchup for us. Just they're they're good sized. Um, you look at some of the players they've had over the years. You know, I think oh, they had a quarterback named Allen that was really really good. A defensive end named Granderson that was outstanding. They sure have had two darn good inside linebackers. They have another one this year. Um, this is a really really tough matchup for us, and it's probably I don't want to say it's apples and oranges, but I mean you look um, just. Uh, you know, for us and all the things our guys experience at the academy, I mean, we just we got to have a heck of a week of practice and uh, go up there and play hard, and that's how you make it a competitive football game. One of the things that Wyoming has done well so far this year is force turnovers through their first couple of games. What are some of the things that you and your coaching staff are going to focus on in practice this week to avoid those costly turnovers? Well, you hope you know. Hopefully, you you, you know you, you're committed that way. I don't think it's something just all of a sudden you can do in a given week. Uh, you know, the emphasis that you have fundamentally, uh, it's, it, it's every day. And, um, and, and, you know, that, that's, God, that's a must. I think, especially for the amount of ball handling that we, uh, that we have that's involved in our offense. And lastly, coach, we're only two weeks into the season around the conference, but as you look around the Mountain West, what stood out the most to you about the Mountain West conference so far here in 2022? just how competitive it's going to be every single week and uh you know you look here in recent years uh i think what's most impressive is how our league our teams they get better and better as the season progresses and that's why i think we've been so strong uh for the teams that have been able to earn a postseason bid thanks to air force head coach troy calhoun as the falcons take on wyoming in the conference's first game of week three on friday boise state play-by-play broadcaster bob beeler joins us next on this week in the mountain west this is brady hoke head coach of the san diego state aztecs we'll be back with more of this week in the mountain west right after this timeout This is Andy Avalos, head coach of the Boise State Broncos. Welcome back to This Week in the Mountain West. 
Coming off the call of Boise State's 31-14 win over New Mexico in the Mountain West's first conference matchup of the year in Week 2, Boise State play-by-play announcer Bob Beeler joins us now on the Week 3 edition of This Week in the Mountain West. Bob, thanks for stopping by. And we'll start with Hank Bachmeyer. The quarterback was benched in the Week 1 loss, but the veteran responded in a major way in the win in Week 2. Was it as night and day as it seemed between the first two games of the season for him? Yes, it was. I mean, Hank's been a starter. I think he started 26 games, and, you know, the game at Oregon State was the worst of his career. Uh, I I likened it to a starting pitcher. Uh, Sometimes a starting pitcher, even a Cy Young winner, you know, just doesn't have it. You know, they're they're pulled in the first or the second inning, and that doesn't mean that, you know, five days later you're going to trot him out there and expect, you know, good things from him. That's exactly what what Hank delivered, a solid game. I'm sure he thinks he can play better. I know he can play better, but he, you know, completed uh, 16 of 27 for 170 and and three touchdowns. And then yesterday uh, we were hearing from the coaches that, you know, one of the things that he does well is getting Boise State to the right play. There were 66 offensive plays. He changed 26 of them, and all 26 of them they viewed as him making the right call. So, uh, yes, I I think Hank played well on, on Saturday, or excuse me, Friday at New Mexico. Do you think that opening the season with back-to-back road games for the first time since 2011 had any impact on the Week 1 loss, followed by a much stronger performance in a conference game in Week 2? I don't think the schedule, as far as the fact that these were road games, made a difference. Oregon State was good. I mean, you know, you look, they beat Fresno, and and they've looked good doing it two games. So, you know, I think Oregon State deserves some credit for the game. The Boise State play its best game against Oregon State? No. Um, You know, one of the nice things when when you do get two road games to start the season... You've got uh, six of the next ten at home. So Boise State's one and zero in the conference. Uh, they won a division game at New Mexico. Uh, you know, I, I don't think you know. I don't think you know having two road games really affected much. This team played. This team, quite frankly, played better last season on the road than it did at home. Latrell Capels also had a big game in the win against the Lobos, and he's already outpaced his catch total from last season as a whole in two games this year, a couple of touchdowns in the win against New Mexico. What's been the biggest difference in your eyes between his freshman year and here in year two? Well, I think it's mainly that he's just getting on the field. And I think that's a lot of, you know, when you look at younger guys, I mean, we had, you know, Khalil Shakir last year that's now with the Bills that had 77 catches. Well, 77 catches have moved on to the NFL, so that's a lot of opportunities for people. Billy Bowens, I think, he's got five catches this season. He's a senior, but he's a guy that hasn't had a whole lot of runs. Steph Cobbs is somebody that played. He was the number two receiver last year for the Broncos. Uh, Davis Cutter is another guy. We saw a nice 47-yard catch from Cole Wright. So I think for this Boise State team to be good, uh, they've got to get a lot of contributions because this year I think the wide receiver room is going to be by committee. I don't think we're going to see somebody with 77 catches this year. And the last thing we'll hit on on the New Mexico win, Ashton Jonte and George Halani combined for 139 yards on the ground on 32 carries for the Broncos. How important do you think it's going to be moving forward to maintain a balanced offensive rushing attack overall? Well, in, in Coach Avalos's, uh tenure at Boise State, which is last year and this year, if they get to 140 yards rushing, they don't lose. So that's uh, sort of been a magic number. And, and I kind of think that, you know, they got over the 140-yard threshold as a team. Uh, Palani and Genty are a nice one-two punch. Um, I, I think that you've got to have two running backs, and, and I think that, that the line, you know, is, 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 is a work in progress every year. You know, it seems like somebody gets hurt. 
you know, in missing games, like we haven't had the same line in either of the first two games, and either of the first two games wasn't the projected starting lineup from the beginning of the season. Yeah, it's a tough position to play. So I think all of that needs to come together, but saw a lot of good things out of the running game, and it really got better at New Mexico as the game went along. And now looking ahead to the Week 3 matchup against the Skyhawks of UT Martin, which areas do you think Coach Avalos is going to want to focus on the most against an FCS opponent? Well, I think this team is better than a lot of people think. They're ranked. They're 16th. Uh, I, I think it's the getting after the quarterback because I think their best offensive player is Gresser Wynn, who is their quarterback. He's thrown for over 3,500 yards in his career. He has a four-year starter for the Skyhawks. They got six sacks against New Mexico. I don't know if we can get six sacks against UT Martin, but I think the idea of getting pressure on Dresser Wynn is going to be the thing to focus on because, you know, they've got some good receivers and some good running backs, but uh, don't give them time because if they have time, they'll do something. And lastly, Bob, how has the team reacted or used being tabbed as the preseason Mountain Division favorites as bulletin board material? I know it always raises the expectations externally. How have they gone about it in the locker room? Well, I mean, this team has been favored just about every year they've been in the Mountain West to win the division. So I think it's it's kind of business as usual that, you know, Boise State has high standards. They expect to be at the top. They expect to get every team's best shot. So I, I think the fact that, you know, this is exactly what they expect. I mean, not to say that they don't think they're going to have a hard time, you know, a big challenge in winning the division, but, you know, their goals are to win the division and win the, win the championship playoff game. So I, I don't think that that being picked first is anything different than they would expect. Thanks so much to Boise State play-by-play man Bob Beeler from Learfield. When we return to the final segment of this week in the Mountain West, we'll take a look at the Week 3 slate of action around the Mountain West Conference. This is Craig Gould, head coach of the University of Wyoming. We'll be back with more of This Week in the Mountain West right after this timeout. This is Brent Brennan, head coach of the San Jose State Spartans. Welcome back to This Week in the Mountain West. The Week 3 schedule around the Mountain West Conference kicks off on Friday night in Laramie in just the second conference matchup of the young season as the 2-1 Wyoming Cowboys welcome 2-0 Air Force into War Memorial Stadium. The Falcons look for their third win in a row to start the year. Their six straight victories dating back to last season is the third longest active streak in the country behind Louisiana and Clemson. The only conference game of Week 3 gets rolling at 6 p.m. Mountain Time Friday on CBS Sports Network. Saturday's slate begins just off the Las Vegas Strip at Allegiant Stadium as the Rebels of UN LV hosts the Mean Green of North Texas. This rematch of the 2014 Heart of Dallas Bowl kicks off at noon Pacific on the Mountain West Network and the newly minted Silver State Sports and Entertainment Network locally with yours truly on the call. Andy Avalos and the 1-1 one one Boise State Broncos take on the Skyhawks of UT Martin out of the FCS's Ohio Valley Conference. Boise State won 63-14 in the only other all-time matchup between these two teams back in September of 2013 in a game also played in Boise. 2 p.m. Mountain Time start from Albertson Stadium, televised on FS1. At 2 p.m. Pacific time, Jay Norvell looks for his first win at the helm of Colorado State, trying to put an 0-2 start behind him on the road at 2-0 Washington State. Mountain West teams have won 16 games against Pac-12 foes since 2019, and the Rams will try to make it 17 at Martin Stadium in Pullman, televised on the Pac-12 network. After a midday lull in the Mountain West slate of action, 2-1 Nevada heads to Iowa City to square off against the Iowa Hawkeyes. It's the final non-conference game of the year for first-year head coach Ken Wilson and the Wolfpack, and he'll try to overtake a sluggish Iowa offense that scored just 17 total points through their first two games, but allowed just 10 so far on the year. 
Quarterback Nate Cox leads his troops against Iowa at 6.30 Central Time on the Big Ten Network. 6 p.m. Mountain Time kickoff between New Mexico and UTEP in Albuquerque on Saturday. Mountain West reigning freshman of the week Christian Washington marked the first player of the week honor for the Lobos so far this year. However, it's been the defense that's led the way for Danny Gonzalez's team this year. New Mexico's 218 yards allowed per game so far is the best number in the Mountain West this season. After the first-ever win at home at Snapdragon Stadium, the 1-1 one one Aztecs of San Diego State travel to Utah to take on the 14th-ranked Utes. In a matchup between former Mountain West opponents, San Diego State looks to add on to their five-game road winning streak, which is tied with Air Force for the third-longest active mark in the country. This 8 p.m. Mountain Time kickoff gets going from Rice-Eccles Stadium in Salt Lake City on ESPN2. Mountain West preseason Offensive Player of the Year Jake Hayner and the 1-1 one one Fresno State Bulldogs have likely the toughest test of any Mountain West team in Week 3 as they travel to SoCal to take on the 2-0 USC Trojans at the Coliseum in Los Angeles. Hayner will try to extend his streak of a touchdown toss in at least 21 straight games dating back to October 14th of 2019. This is tied as the third longest stretch in conference history. Carson Strong of Nevada and Fresno State legend Derek Carr hold the league record with a touchdown pass in 26 straight games while Hayner is currently tied with former TCU Horned Frog Andy Dalton. Fresno State goes for the upset at 7.30 Pacific in a nationally televised primetime game on Fox. And in the final game of Week 3, Timmy Chang looks for his first win at the helm of his alma mater as Hawaii takes on the visiting Dukes of Duquesne, traveling from Pittsburgh for 6 p.m. Hawaii time kickoff on Spectrum and the Team One Sports app. That'll do it for the Week 3 edition of This Week in the Mountain West. Be sure to follow the Mountain West on all social media channels, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram for all the latest scores, news, standings, and highlights. Plus, you can always keep up with everything and get the latest content from the Mountain West Network at VMW.com. I'm your host, Matt Neverett. Thank you so much for listening, and enjoy Week 3 of the Mountain West Slate of Action. This is Craig Thompson, Commissioner of the Mountain West. We'll talk to you next week right here on This Week in the Mountain West.